Welcome to the Data Scientist Podcast with Dr. Stylianos Kabakis. Dr. Kabakis is a data scientist, statistician, and blockchain expert with a mission to educate the public about the wonderful capabilities of technologies like AI, data science, and DLTs. These technologies have the potential to transform the world, the economy, and our lives. However, there is too much misinformation around tech, and so most people are just confused about what is true and what is not. Whether you are a CEO, an entrepreneur, or just an enthusiast, the Data Scientist Podcast helps you separate reality from hype. Hi, everyone. This is Telios from the Data Scientist. Today with us on the Data Scientist Podcast, we have Erika Stanford from the Crypto Curry Club. And Erika, what don't you introduce yourself. You're probably going to do a better job at it than, than, I, will, than I will do. <laughs> sure. So thank you very much for having me on. Good to see you again. So I run the Crypto Curry Club. We've got the main crypto community and blockchain community in the UK now. So we have had a, a whole load of events. We've got a, a, an amazing community of 4,000 people running crypto, blockchain, DeFi startups and, and working in, well, in innovation and in, in, in crypto and in payments in some of the world's biggest corporations as well. We've got a weekly newsletter, The Crypto Courier, so that summarizes all of the, the, the weekly main news and events and uh, a monthly publication, Blockchain Industry Review. And last year, it spent the full length of lockdown researching and writing all about the biggest scams in crypto for a book, Crypto Wars, <laughs> which is out very soon. Great, thank you. Maybe you'd also like to mention the carry aspect because I'm sure uh, that some people will be wondering what's like crypto carry. <laughs> right, so the, the, the Crypto Curry Club, so until lockdown it was real life curry so we 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 had uh, over 50 different lunches and, and dinners so some were some were open events some were closed invite only events in in london and the main tech hubs in the uk getting together the, the main people working in, in crypto and blockchain and in the, the community where it was lots of curry in in nice settings lots of lots of drinks and getting together the main people in, in crypto for, for networking and a lot of i mean the, the events were incredible and, and a lot of fun lots of people got new relationships found new business partnerships friendships all sorts of sort of business relationships happened out of those and it, it's amazing when you see just get people getting together and able to to chat naturally sort of outside of a, an office or set business setting when you just get together and share share food share some drink a lot more has happened so those events were great and, and did involve real life curry curry or two reasons partly because it's it's britain's national food it's a, apparently the most eaten and favorite food in the uk and also because crypto curry club just sounded good <laughs> <laughs> yeah well I, i can attest to the fact that the food was very good i had the chance to attend one such event before the COVID apocalypse for those of you and, who are hopefully, and hopefully many more after lockdown yeah exactly <laughs> those of you who are listening to this right now. Right now, it's around mid-May 2021, so things are opening up in London, but no networking events yet. So probably after everything opens up fully, then I'm going to join another crypto carry event. So looking forward to that. And you mentioned that you spent uh, last year looking into fraud and, and scams in the crypto space. And I think that's a very interesting topic for a few reasons. First of all, identifying scams before they really before everyone else figures out their scams is, is, is very difficult. And I think that in the last boom, like the and around 2017, 2018, the last bull market before the current one, we, we witnessed sync with so many, many scams around the ICO space. Some projects also just blew up, not because they were scams, just because they were bad projects. 
And I think this gave the whole crypto world a very bad reputation to people who don't really have the proper understanding of what blockchain is and what it can do. So I'm really curious to hear about, first of all, your research. I mean, could you, before you know, we go into more depth, is there like some takeaway which we can, you can give us in like a few sentences maybe? Gosh, a few, a few sentences on, on crypto scams. If, if there's anything that promises or guarantees a set return, avoid it like the plague and runaways as fast as you can. I think that's a fair takeaway. I mean, one of the, the, the main trends mm-hmm. in the scam is that they make offers that are too good to be true, either that you can get something cheaper or that if you send them X amount of money, you get X, X, X cent returns or X amount of returns. And, you know, through, through, through various means, maybe it's through buying their, their cryptocurrency, which they say will go up or through investing in them. And they say they'll, they'll trade it for you or they've got this, this magical trading bot or they've got Bitcoin mining machines and they'll mine Bitcoin for you. And, and mm-hmm. behind it is nothing but a, a giant Ponzi scheme. So if there's any offer that that seems even two percent too good to be true generally avoid it like the plague mm-hmm, mm-hmm. i see and did you study only scams or projects which were just bad i mean the sad thing with with the ico era, and uh, i mean i i should add with the, the ico era or the initial coin offering era i i should add i the the actual concept as as a way of sort of decentralizing projects and, and raising finances is is very good it's it's, it's very mm-hmm. clever there were there, there were some really cool projects did really well out of it and that's it's a way that that projects could raise money you know small amounts of money from their, their law supporters without having to just go to a few large corporate investors for example so a, as a concept i find that the concept of the ico is quite exciting i think what was sad about the space is it just got a little bit over or taken advantage of and a lot of projects just took advantage of the hype so in reality the statistics are 98% of all the different ICO projects have were either scams or have crashed totally and lost investors basically all of their money mm-hmm. so the end result is the same for the investors and I think you, you've got the whole range in ICOs I mean you've got some that were just scams from the start you know the, the, there's no denying it the, the intention was 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 to create a scam and and some of them did so very successfully and then you know parted with huge amounts of money billions in in some cases and others i think that you've got the whole range you've got some that, that really were good started with good intentions to raise money and are continuing to work on projects to this day and and, and everyone's very happy and they're good You've got others where maybe their intentions were good and then suddenly they raised more money than they'd seen and didn't mm-hmm. know what to do. And then, you know, either decided there was nothing holding them accountable. So then it's just easier to, to, to leave or to exit scam. But then others that, you know, raised money. And I think it's maybe not fair to call these a scam, but they didn't have a business case. They didn't have a use mm-hmm. case and they, they didn't have you know, the, the experience to run a project. And the problem with the ICO era, you could, anybody could just create a cryptocurrency and just, just literally just copy, you know, yeah. just replicate what was open source code and create one out of thin air and decide what you want to call it and how many coins you want to have and what value they'll be and pay some freelancers on Fiverr to create a cheap website and to give it a name and give you a logo and to pay a listing site to list it. And then Bob's your uncle, you've got, you've got your own cryptocurrency. And I think the, the reality for for possibly the majority is 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 it was those it was people just being opportunistic about the space maybe their intention initially wasn't to scam 
but certainly a large percentage of them were projects that if one were to go to have to serious experienced investors or to angels or to VCs or to banks, for example, or even to mm-hmm. their friends and family, they wouldn't have received that investment because there was no business use case. There was no need to have a cryptocurrency. There was no need for the project to be on blockchain. Mm. There was no nothing really of value to it. And the only really reason they had a cryptocurrency was because it enabled them to raise money via the ICO. So I think, you know, you, you've got the whole gamut of projects going from genuinely really good to hopeless to yeah. opportunistic to some that's you know basically when they raised the money just exit scammed to the yeah. ones that really just started out as, as, as scams at the core so you've got the whole range and I mean then another thing we look at in the book is is not just those projects but also just how easy it has been to manipulate the markets in, in crypto and some of the, the cases of where markets in crypto have been influenced or, or just overtly manipulated. And can I ask you about some maybe statistics regarding mm-hmm. the book? Like, for example, how many scams are you covering? So we've got 10 chapters in the book. Some mm-hmm. of those are pure big scams, multi-billion dollar Ponzo schemes, you know, scams, scams from the start. Other chapters, for example, there's one chapter about the ICO era, and some of the scammers are deep words. And I, I don't think it's it's fair to ask all of them with the word scam by, by any definition of the word. So one chapter just covers the ICO period, you know, to say that some of those were scams and some of those were just companies maybe having a bit of fun in the space, which still ended up losing their investors' money. Some covers mm-hmm. sort of the market manipulation and the pump and dumps. And then there's, there's a couple chapters just focusing on projects that weren't scams by any definition of the word, but that were just victim to hack after hack after hack and a few unfortunate mistakes and sort of some of the, the biggest problems that have affected the, the crypto community mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so i see and, it's uh, hopefully a wide range of things but how many scams have been in crypto got so yeah. many and, and and constantly i mean almost every week now i'm, I'm approached with you know hearing about a, a new one that you know that, that's sometimes quite large and that i'd never even heard about but they're they're all over the place and they're still starting now You mentioned something interesting that you're covering some Ponzi schemes, some ICOs. I think Ponzi schemes is a very old scam technique. This has been around for a very long time. And also in multi-level marketing, some people, you know, say that some multi-level marketing companies are scams other than, you know, the products are good, whatever. I never really looked into this, you know, into this myself in large depth. But the fact that there is a mechanism for scamming people and has been around for a few hundred years and You can yeah. see this in different contexts. It's very interesting. So I was wondering whether there are any other, let's say, framework for scamming people which our listeners should be aware of, not because they want to create their own scams, hopefully, but because they're trying to avoid getting I'm, scammed. I'm fairly sure so, there's better sources. Yeah, so I, because ICOs, for example, I'm not sure that ICOs still apply, but the Ponzi schemes, yeah, for example, like you said, you're hearing someone telling you, give us money and then we're going to magically multiply it, then you yeah. can assume it's a Ponzi scheme, right? So yeah. have you seen any other like patterns of this kind? You've touched on the biggest, what I would say is the biggest and the worst trend. So where multi-level marketing meets mm-hmm. crypto and, and multi-level marketing is a gray area at best. Anyhow, I mean, it's legal in, in some products and in some countries and I'd say dubious at best you know you hear about some of the bigger multi-level marketing companies and 99% of the people that have been involved 
lose money through them. You've got the, the, the top of the pyramid do very well and then most people really struggle. So, mm. you know, one, one can one can argue about the, the morals of, of multi-level marketing, you know, <laughs> till the end of the day. But where, where multi-level marketing meets crypto has been a big problem. That was brought about by the, 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 the OneCoin scam, which which was started in, in 2014. And that's where they really brought multi-level marketing into crypto. And the, the premise is you've got multi-level marketing where people are paid really high incentives to bring more people into the project. So if I bring you in, I get a lot of money. And then if you bring somebody else in, I yeah. also get money. And if they bring somebody else in, I also get money and so forth. So again, the people at the top of the pyramid do very well. And people often made so much money from bringing people in. So. And where that got really big, because they're not just selling a product or vitamins or whatever, as is common with multi-level marketing, but they're selling these crypto packages where if you buy this package of coins, it will double in value or whatever in value. Or if you if you invest in this, we'll, we'll mine this Bitcoin for you and you'll get X percent high returns. Or if you if you give us this money, we've got this, this amazing miracle trading bot that will trade mm -hmm. Bitcoin for you and you'll get X returns. So where it got really bad is because you've got the, the really high incentives paid out from multi-level marketing, but with these get-rich-quick packages. And I think that the problem there is, is not just the scammers and the companies that are selling them. People buy into it and people believe it. And then they go to all their friends and their families and their communities and their followings to promote them because they get money from that. So you had religious leaders and community leaders all around the world promoting these scams to the congregations. And that's how they got so big and so pervasive. And again, it's also a gray area. You've got some people yeah. that knew it was scams from the start and other people who really didn't know that there were scams. And in some cases still don't know that there are scams. So you've got a lot of people promoting things to their, you know, their friends and families and so forth that they think is, this is good. This will make you money. And they don't really know that, that it's a scam mm. and don't see that so they're they're victims themselves sort of promoting them and, and then making it worse. So that's been a huge trend and a huge problem. And you've got those in every aspect. I mean, you only need to type things like Bitcoin doubler into Google and there's still so many sites promoting these, these Bitcoin doublers. Send us your Bitcoin. We'll send you double back in 24 hours or whatever. And, mm -hmm. you know, people don't get their Bitcoin back. But there isn't anything stopping these, these sites happening. I think the other big trend in the space is just the rise of, of influencers and you've now got so many mm -hmm. you know influencers and celebrities getting into it and on the new platforms like oh, yeah. TikTok and so forth and you know people it, it again the same thing some of them don't care and they know that they're getting either paid by the project to promote it or they get a cut of everything that everyone that invests underneath them so they promote scams and but then they don't really care if it's a scam or not they're happy to get the money and again other people that promote them don't necessarily know that it's a scam and because you know the scams, the more the more clever ones pay out initially. So that for the first people that get in, they see, well, this is good. I I sent them my money and I got more money back and so forth. So as far as they see, it works. And then it's only you know, later down the line when the pyramid is, is getting bigger that that it collapses and people lose all their money. So it's a very grey area as far as I can see of people that are promoting the scams between some know exactly what they're doing and others are themselves victim to it and one could argue that influencers could do more due diligence but it is quite a gray area and that's where the scams are getting really 
clever these days and, and they're hiring the best people and you do see people moving from scam to scam to scam so the, the biggest mm -hmm. promoters and the best marketers go from one to the other so they accumulate more experience and, and intelligence on how to run them and, and make the next ones you know not bigger and better but bigger okay. and, and more more effective so now i think that the next question i think it's going to be the most interesting so far because until now we just talked about scams in general but now let's try to get a bit more specific right do you have any use cases you can share with us from the book which really stand out in one way or another maybe the size of the scam or i don't know it was or it was a very clever scam or anything like this ideally something which can also teach our listeners something yeah. so that they're more careful in the future i mean perhaps one of the, the sort of the most relevant that still really applies today i mean one of the, the chapters covers the exchange called Riga. so it was a, a canadian crypto exchange which which people really trusted because it was promoted as, as being canada's main exchange and it, it looked really good from the surface and you know that they made claims about how people's crypto would be secured but end of the day they, they accumulated 250 million dollars of canadian dollars of, of people's cryptocurrency in one centralized pot and okay. then the founder died you know slightly mysteriously and there's still a lot of people out there who don't believe by any definition of the word that the founder is dead and they're still you know companies or people and legal cases trying to get his body exhumed to see if there's any proof that he did die or not but you know regardless of that the founder is no longer there and he was the only one that had access to the private keys that held 250 million dollars of people's crypto and we saw that again just recently only a couple of weeks ago there was a Turkish crypto exchange where they, they, yes. they accumulated to 2.2 billion dollars of people's crypto and again exactly the same thing that it was all sort of one centralized pot effectively and then the founder disappeared he's done an exit scam and why that's so Insane. relevant today well we, yes but i mean it happened only only so recently and i think why that's so relevant is because there's so many ways of of storing crypto and i think it's it's really easy for people to see that if you've got crypto you know because crypto isn't necessarily the easiest most user-friendly thing to to get involved with and to store and if you want to secure it, store it securely traditionally people might want to store it offline or on on sort mm -hmm. of hard wallets and so forth which aren't necessarily very easy to to set up and, the, and they go from being not easy to set up to horrifically almost impossible to work out how to use and so people you know many people think if they buy crypto they'll store it on exchange because then it's safer because then the exchange will look after it for you or this wallet will look after it for you And that is, I think, a real thing to take note about is, yes, there are some crypto exchanges and, and some crypto wallets that do employ security measures and do look at how they can store mm -hmm. crypto securely for, through various means and you know have, have insurance in some cases. So there are some cases where the security measures are taken and there are other crypto exchanges and other crypto wallets and so forth where, where there's none of these security measures taken where you really have to question a why not and what will happen with the crypto because once you send your crypto to them you don't hold it you might be able to withdraw it if they allow you to withdraw it but if, if the founder or somebody wants to run away with it then you've lost that money so i think it, it is super relevant today because as i mean as we saw just a couple of weeks ago people trusted the exchange and and they made some big i think price offers and so forth that were maybe a bit too good to be true but people sent their money their crypto to that person so 
I guess the lesson of the story is if you hold crypto, then double, mm-hmm. triple, quadruple check where you store it, who has access to it, and who could potentially run away with it. Yeah, yeah. No, that's a very good point. And talking about, no, that's not a scam, but it's more like market manipulation, I guess. Mm-hmm. Any opinions on Elon Musk? <laughs> I don't know if you're in the curry, crypto curry chat group. There's a lot of very opinionated opinions within the crypto community <laughs> on Elon Musk. I don't even need to speak for myself there. We've, we've got a you know 250 people in a WhatsApp group and another separate private group. And I'm not you know, sure I'm on this WhatsApp group. Can you add me? Oh, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll add you to that. But I mean, we, we've had a lot of WhatsApp discussions, you know, in, in various groups. And the general consensus within the crypto community is that he's it's total market manipulation, that he mm. knows exactly what he's doing. And to be honest, I tend to agree in the sense that The guy holds a lot of Bitcoin and, you know, apparently has made more money through Bitcoin than Tesla has made making Teslas or Tesla has made more money holding Bitcoin than, than making Teslas. And Bitcoin's energy consumption, yes, it's high, mm. but that hasn't drastically changed since they first bought into Bitcoin. This isn't new. Yeah. So, and, you know, I mean, look at Doge. And the thing is, everybody knows crypto is so volatile and so risky. And, you know, they've made huge amounts of money from, you know, buying low and, and you know, they, they know how much influence like Elon and Tesla and so forth have. They've got huge numbers of followers. And, you know, it, we had the same with John McAfee to a degree with the ICO period. You know, it was one tweet from the guy sent these prices of these really volatile small crap cryptos sky high. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and that was also market manipulation. And... I think it's a little bit messy at the best of story. I think the, yeah. the, the markets are being played with and not to the benefit of sort of the crypto development as a whole. And the, the reality is from having volatility in crypto, those people who know what they're doing and with the most amount of resources can make huge amounts of money and most people lose money. And if you happen to get in, in when it's low with, with large amounts of money, and then can influence crypto prices to go up drastically. These stand to make a lot of money if you're able to sell at the top of it and then push the prices back down through a bit of negativity. Then mm. there's, there's, there's ways of making money. So it looks messy to me. And I think most people in the, in the community from what I've seen think it's total market manipulation. Yeah, and to be honest with you, I'm very, very disappointed with the SEC that was very, very quick to chase random ICO projects, some of which were actually good, but they hadn't gone you know, through the proper process, etc. But none is But that's also because regulation wasn't 100% clear at the time. Yes, a lot of yes, exactly. checks, but also regulation hasn't kept up with, with crypto now. Yeah, exactly. And, and they're not even touching Elon Musk. So I know, I know this one ICO project who's, I mean, I lost touch with this guy. I hope he's all right. But I think his life was more or less destroyed because of the SEC, even though he had no intention of manipulating the market or anything like mm-hmm. this, just because he tried to raise money through an ICO that didn't even happen, really. And then Elon Musk, he just, you know, manipulated the market. Yeah. No cares about this. Then You know, there's a lockdown taking place and Elon Musk opens up his factories. No one can do anything about this. So I guess the message that the SEC is sending is that 
you know, if you're too big, then no one can can touch you, which is very bad. <laughs> and I mean, Elon's point is is valid, and it's it's hard to argue that Bitcoin uses a lot of energy and it's it's bad for the environment. But that's yeah, more like as, for as the as public, well. right? Because for because sure. if someone and digs into it and you need to you you're going to look into the numbers, then you have to see how many of the mining pools are using renewable energy sources. What's the cost of Bitcoin versus, let's say, oh, I mean, as, fiat. Aside, aside from anything else, you know, a lot of the people crying hypocrisy eat meat. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, you know, it's just vegan, so biased. But if anyone eats meat, they can't say a single thing. No, uh, I agree. I, I know, completely and, agree and, with and you. Then, I eat meat, but I think you're 100 <laughs> percent right. So it's basically an argument that many people will buy, but then people like me or you, you know what I mean? <laughs> right. So it's a valid argument, which is why it's hard to argue against. And it, it is a problem I do see in the crypto space, in that there's so many startups i mean in, in the uk you've got a whole load of companies basically in a queue waiting to be regulated just just sat in limbo not knowing what is happening and and you know we still see a lot of crypto startups you know i see i see them all the time that want to be above board want to be regulated are, are paying lawyers a lot of money mm. to find out what they have to do and and how can they get regulated and the general answer to, to a lot of them is, is is not a lot yet or we don't know yet. Mm-hmm. And I think one of the, yeah, I mean, this is easy to say and I know that, you know, I, I would hate to have to work in a, in a regulatory space. I think that would be incredibly stressful. But on a sort of, you know, we've had Brexit, we've had, we've had coronavirus, we've had lockdown, they've had other priorities also, which are, you know, on a bigger scale than regulated crypto companies. And I, I do appreciate that we've had a really hard year and a half but one of the problems i see is where you've got some projects that are scams i mean that's you know there's some that we've looked at recently they say oh we're 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 regulated by whatever whatever authority we're going to be listed on whatever you know global whatever stock exchange where we've got a partnership with visa with mastercard with whatever it is and and they make these claims and you know, because there's no regulation, people believe that, and that they're, they're not <laughs> regulated by whatever entity. They don't have these partnerships. They're not going to be listed on whatever exchange. And the problem is, where you've got sort of the, the good companies that want to do well, it's very hard for them to stand out from the scams who can basically get away with saying whatever they want. So they make themselves look much better because they can just say, "Oh, we've got this partnership. We've got this. We've got whatever, whatever, whatever." So for the sake of the industry and for, I think, getting rid of a lot of the scams, if there could be some sort of blue tick of approval that is given to the project where the regulators, you know, or, you know, people can see, well, yes, you're a work in progress, but we can see that your intentions are good. Yeah. Stamp of approval compared to the ones where they, they really are just scams from the start. Yeah, I, th- I think there are many, like startups in general, not all of them, but many of them, they tend to be a bit, let's say, loose with buzzwords and, and with, you know, the way they describe the advisors they have on board and, and partnerships and all that. But I think in blockchain, we've seen this happening on a whole different level. <laughs> 100%, right? And again, I think what Elon Musk is doing, to go back to the, to the previous point, it's, it's probably not good for the crypto community. It's like other celebrities, they say all kinds of opinions and people who do not understand blockchain in depth, they trust them. And yeah. it's very difficult to understand what's a scam and, and what's not a scam, what's a I mean, valid and, opinion. And that's what's... the problem. And, you know, even, you know, I had someone ask me recently, well, you know, about the Dogecoin when it's being pumped and you've got all of those other 
Shiba Inu tokens and whatever, <laughs> yeah. all of those other dog-related many coins, yeah. and I don't even know the name of them. And they were saying, well, you know, these are very cheap compared to Dogecoin. Doesn't mean they're undervalued. You can buy them. It's like no, like yeah. they still, you know, they still have no overwhelming purpose. And yes, might they go up 10x? Yes, of course, it's crypto. Anything could happen. Might yeah. they crash because there's no use or value to them, or because someone exits scams or whatever? So. Yeah, it's such a volatile and such a manipulated market that, you know, everyone's always asking, is this a good time to get into crypto? And so, well, God knows. God knows because it's, you know, the, the, the way it's going, it's not really about the economy. It's not really about the scarcity or whatever. It's pretty much who's manipulating the markets at the moment. Yeah, and we see lots of market manipulation happening right now. And, you know, we hear all kinds of opinions about the price of Bitcoin. My personal opinion is that we're going to see a bull run until the end of the year. And then there's going to be a tipping point where we will either go into a super cycle or things will just crash. And probably the price will stabilize. I don't know. Will be 70K, 60K, 80K? I don't know. But I'm okay. just saying this based <laughs> on what we've seen, you know, what happened in the prior bull runs, even though you know, the rations and everything, you can just carry them over from one bull run to another. But this was more or less the, this picture. The people who believe in a super cycle, maybe they're over-optimistic. It's really difficult to know right now, but what is your opinion around that? My opinion, I've long ago given up even trying to have any pretense or opinion, you know, pretense of thought or opinion on the matter, <laughs> because it's just so heavily manipulated. I have absolutely no idea. And I think, you know, that's the one thing that's that I've seen over and over again. It seems to sometimes defy logic. So I have absolutely no idea. I'm, I'm not a trader. I don't understand the markets well enough to know that. And, and, and just from what I've seen, it's, it seems to be more subject to manipulation than anything else. I mean, on a practical basis, if you look at Bitcoin, that you know, one, one of the wonderful things about Bitcoin is, is unlike with fiat currency, you've got 21 million Bitcoins will ever be produced. You know, a whole few million of those have basically been lost forever because on people's computers or hard drives or whatever that they threw mm -hmm. away or you know lost lost behind the sofa kind of situation and then you've got a number of those that people really aren't moving that you know the, the sort of the early bitcoin holders have huge numbers of bitcoins they're not moving those they're storing those for a, a long term yeah you know value effectively it's equivalent of being in a sort of in a gold vault so yeah the circulation of bitcoin is low and every year there's less Bitcoin produced and, and every year there's more people getting into Bitcoin. So, you know, I mean, was it this year or last year? It was PayPal and Square buying up jointly 100% of the, the, the newly mined Bitcoin. So the actual new Bitcoins coming into circulation are less and less every year. And there's mm -hmm. more and more people wanting to get in terms of institutions, in terms of companies buying in and holding Bitcoin on their balance sheet. So mm -hmm. and on a practical level, supply and demand, supply is getting less and demand is getting more. So that might imply that Bitcoin might in the long term go up. You know, just if you're looking at the world as a whole, the general economy, other than for a few pharma companies, is is not going well. We've got super high inflation in some countries. We've got other countries printing money like they've never seen. <laughs> you know? yeah. like, like it's a game. And, you know, you, there's countries around the world where in, inflation is, is crazy high. Others, others are printing. Trust, from what I've seen in, in governments, in central banks, in the traditional financial system is lower than ever. Certainly the younger generation have less trust, you know, than probably previous generations would have done in, in the traditional system. 
And then if you look at the countries and those who are using Bitcoin the most, it isn't the UK, it isn't America, it's Venezuela, it's Russia, it's UK, and it's, it's countries yeah. where trust in the local currency is low and where people literally use Bitcoin in some cases as a lifeline because if they had to rely on their, their local currency, they would literally be starving because of, yeah. of inflation being so high. So when you look at sort of real users of, of crypto, I mean, yes, it's the institutions piling and hoarding, but actually you've got, I think, more and more people seeing Bitcoin or potential stable cryptocurrencies as being, in many cases, better, safer, more transparent yeah. than fiat currency. Plus, you've got all this sort of you know, institutions and corporations hoarding into to Bitcoin. So I think, you know, for Bitcoin, you know, even a few years ago, banks were saying, oh, the Bitcoin, that's a scam. We can't touch Bitcoin. And I think that that argument for, for Bitcoin is now harder for many people to sustain. But that's saying you've still got these thousands of other cryptocurrencies that have varying degrees of use, some of which, you know, OK, Ethereum is one great, you know, lots and lots of use cases. And, you know, and then going down the scale of useless to scam to have been dead and the teams left them years ago and are still being pumped and manipulated around. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think it's a, you touched upon a very interesting point that I think adoption of something which maybe some people are underestimating, who are call, underestimating and those who are calling all of crypto a scam, they're underestimating the fact that cryptocurrency has just started out because it's not like everyone is using cryptocurrency, so adoption is growing, especially in developing countries. So there are some very good use cases. For example, Bitcoin is now accepted as a store of wealth. So that, now that's the current paradigm. So I think that in the long run, even those who are very skeptical about cryptocurrencies, they will probably realize that, yes, crypto is here to stay because it's going to be adopted by more and and more people across the world, and especially in developing countries. And that's obviously a completely separate topic from the millions of projects out there, some of which might have real value, some of which might be scams, some of which might have questionable business models. But, you know, that's always the case with startups. But I guess something which is very different with the blockchain space is that in contrast to the mainstream startup world in blockchain, we've seen more money, more flash, more people just making it big out of sheer luck because yeah. they invested in some altcoins or whatever. I, I mean, it's, it's an interesting. I mean, if you look at startups in, in general, 90% fail. And, and, you know, if you look at the ICO era, it was 98 instead of 90. And yes, yeah, so there are more scams and, and more, more hype and more, you know, Lambos and all of the excitement. I think what is happening now yes you've still got the scams yes you've still got the market manipulation but then also you've got the companies that have been going since maybe they raised money in a nice year or maybe they've been going for a few years and, and raised money separately that have been working quietly in the technology ever since and now are, yeah. are releasing incredible technology and you know what i see over and over again that the, the brain drain of, of people leaving you know incredibly well-paying and senior jobs in banking in retail from corporates from you know, government even from defense and so forth to work in crypto startups and you know some of them are people that just got into crypto early and, and made enough money yeah. that they don't need a job anymore or that they're more passionate about it other people are, are frustrated by how slow the corporate world or the traditional banks move and see how much faster things are moving in crypto so almost every day i'm approached by somebody different you know somebody had a c-suite or, or really senior position in, in some sort of global corporate you know really really 
intelligent, successful people messaging to say that they've left their job and they've, they've just taken on a, a job in a crypto startup or in a, a crypto blockchain, whatever company. And, you know, who should they meet or talk to in the space? And, you know, they're people that are just going to work in, in these startups and in, in the space because they think it's exciting because they're, they're more passionate about it because they see how yeah. fast it's moving because they can see more of a change. So, you know, if it think yes, the sort of the dark side and the scam still exists. And I think, you know, as regulation kicks in and the space matures a little bit, I'd like to think that that will, that will go. And, you know, scams exist in every space. We've seen more scams in lockdown, you know, than, than ever before. <laughs> yeah. And that, that's, that's on every platform, Facebook marketplace or text messages or whatever. Some oh, yeah, are related to crypto, phones. some of... Right. And, and some relate to crypto, others relate to God knows what else. So scams have become more prevalent in general life. I mean, even just I see how many scam calls my, you know, my relatively elderly parents get. It's it's constant every day. There's, you know, HMRC or someone you know, calling from, you know, India or God, or God knows where, not, not from saying you owe us this money or you've got to do this or we're going to switch your internet off or, or, or whatever. And it's, it's, you know, it's really sad. So I think just going off piece, scams aren't unique to crypto, but what I do see is how fast the technology is accelerating and some of the, the really good projects, companies, payments, and so forth are coming out and are making some incredible impacts to shaking up how the world does finance. I mean, just, just one example, the, the remittance industry is barbaric. They charge extortionate amounts of money to the poorest people in the world. You've got two and a half billion people in the world roughly who don't have access to banking. And the average people paying in remittances is, well, it was 6.9% and it was recently told it's now 7.7%. But up to 30% of, of all of some people's income just goes to, to paying these remittance companies mm-hmm. to get money from A to B because they don't have access to bank accounts. They have no other way of sending money digitally. And, and now you've got a few of these crypto startups coming in and saying, well, yeah, we can do this for you for one or two percent, which which is what it should cost. You know, of course, there's still costs to moving money, especially sort of micro amounts of money. But it doesn't need to cost seven percent or thirty percent or whatever. And you know that that five percent, ten percent saving to a lot of these people, that's the difference between if you eat it or not. So there's some crypto startups just doing the most incredible work and projects. So. You know, I think in general, the space is, is very exciting and is moving very fast. And there's just so many incredibly smart people just moving to work in the space every day. So I think mm-hmm. in a couple of years time, it will be a very different space. Oh, absolutely. And I think in five years and then in 10 years, it's going to look even more different and it's going to keep evolving, growing 100%, right? So thank you. I think this was a very interesting conversation and I think it went longer than than I thought it would, but that was great. No no worries. I think we could actually have a call in in 10 minutes, otherwise it could have been even longer. But where people can find more about you, like the Crypto Car Club, Erica Stanford, the book, can you share some some more details? Yeah, so we've got the, the Crypto Carry Club, so it's just cryptocarryclub.com for information. I'll, I'll send you a link where people can subscribe to the, the newsletter and the, the, the publication. They're, they're totally free to, to, to receive as well, but that's also on the website. The book is called Crypto Wars, Fake Death, Missing Billions and Industry Disruptions. So that's available from Amazon and, and all good retailers. That's available for pre-order now. Please do buy the book, but hopefully... Hopefully in reading it, it's, it's designed to be fun and easy reading and, mm-hmm. and sort of, I know it's not a subject one can really make light of, but it is designed to be accessible, sort of quick, quick, simple reading to give everyone an overview of, 
of how some of the biggest scams and problems have come about and hopefully give enough information that people are able to notice scams and not fall for them. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Great. Excellent. And I guess uh, something which also our listeners should know is that as soon as things open up in, in London, there are going to be more crypto carry networking hopefully, events. Hopefully, hopefully, as soon as, as soon as lockdown is officially eased. As soon as it's safe and legal, there will be real life crypto. And which other again. cities? Is it only in London? Uh, we, we had them in a few other cities. We had them in Bristol, Cambridge and Oxford until lockdown. So, and there's, there's been, we've had people asking to, if we can run them in Manchester and in, in, in Edinburgh, there's a strong team of, of, of supporters from Edinburgh asking if we could please stop them there too. So we'll see. It's mm -hmm. just really dependent on coronavirus. And then yeah, it's a, bit, it's a bit early, but it's good to know our, our listeners who are also listening from other cities in the UK, but there will be some cryptocurrency events coming up. So thank you. Thank you for having me on. Good to see you again. Yeah, well, it was my, see my you pleasure. soon at a curry. Yeah, absolutely. Yes, looking forward to it. So thank you and thanks everyone for listening to this episode. If you want to read or hear more about AI, data science, blockchain, make sure to visit the datascientist.com. So that was Telios. Thanks everyone and hope to see you again soon. Thank you. Well, thank you. See you soon. Bye. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening. Make sure to visit thedatascientist.com for more content about data science, AI, and blockchain.